You're listening to DraftKings Network. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. We can just talk together like we're singing and... Ah, ah, ah. Get closer. Oh, wait. You had COVID last week? Is it weird to have COVID? And like, what was your what was your plan of attack of telling people about mm-hmm. having COVID? I didn't. I still. I told people that needed to know, and I still don't like to publicize. She's like, it. why'd you reveal that? Just yeah, now. I don't think I've even said it on. <laughs> oh, you internet. haven't. You haven't no. told people. Oh, I'm sorry. No, people just think I was on vacation for three weeks, which is fine. Like, should, I, should I disguise I your voice? Yes, you should just Whoa. use the filter that they used yeah. on because Miami a couple weeks ago. Oh, God. People think I legitimately was on vacation for a month. Well, you were on vacation for two weeks. I was on vacation for one week. One week? Yeah. I, it was like ten days. It was. I was there for seven days. And actually, you know what's uh, funny about going on vacation? I had to give back podcast notes from Praca de Comercio in Lisbon. I definitely pronounced that wrong. But I was working on my vacation. And then the day I got back, I had to record a podcast like immediately upon landing. So, yeah, yeah I was gone for like seven days. But There's always a podcast to record. Always. Always. Right now we're doing one. That's true. <laughs> Welcome to Mystery Crate. Hey, there's like three podcasts being recorded yeah. in the building as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> so, d- <laughs> I felt like I'm 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 in too deep now. So you oh, don't so you, you you don't want to talk about having had COVID. Yeah. Okay, so I'll talk about no, having I, had I don't COVID. Care. Then. I'm just kidding. But go ahead, you you talk. I I didn't know. Like, it, do I do? It felt like. Anytime I think to myself, I should put out a statement, <laughs> I, I, I immediately think, get over yourself. Yeah. Because. No tap. Right. 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 Ex- <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, how many people have done the, oh, I did everything I could. I wore a mask. I got vaccinated, but I have COVID-19. You could Jack, like, you could Jack Del Rio it and quote yourself. Yeah. And, like, put out a screenshot of a quote well, that's yours. The other thing it was, like, you. so you and I were both gone for roughly, like, the same couple weeks, which was why it was, I think, it seemed like kind of rough around here because we were out like a lot of people were out and yeah. Tony was also in Hawaii like mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on but it seemed like some of our audience didn't put two and two together that like one person got sick and then another person got yeah. sick and then more people were out and it was like yeah because it's a highly contagious disease <laughs> so usually like one begets the other like I think we you know I think even like think the common cold obvious. would spread like wildfire in this office yeah but there was a time when if you had COVID and you were going to come back to work, you needed to just wear a mask just to like for optics. But we've, mm-hmm. I think we've reached the point now where it's like you had COVID, you don't have COVID anymore. Well, it's you, easier to get a test now. Like yeah. You can te- you know, it, there's the guidelines are clearer. Some people don't think that they're good enough, but they are clearer <laughs> at least. So I think if you wait the 10 to 14 days, yeah. like the science has proven you're probably not very contagious anymore. But you So know. you're saying I should have optically worn a mask no, when I returned? I'm saying if it was like a year ago. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Like we've, we've well, kind if it was of... a year ago, you would have made a statement for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. If it was, it was two years ago, I'm definitely making a statement. That's We keep saying a year. It's been like we're it's going been two, on no. two and a half. Yeah, we're going almost on three now. Yeah. I mean, once it's we get to terrifying. March, that's wild how fast this time has gone and yet how slow it's moved. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> a lot has changed in the last two and a half Look years. The show has changed. I mean, I, I live in Miami now. That was a big yeah. change. Yeah. A lot of things have changed. Mm-hmm. Mystery Crate has changed. Yeah. Something I created, like, talks now. My kid. Yeah. I'm just like, th- I'm just, like thinking. I was, like, sex. cinephile? You were, having, <laughs> <laughs> you were, like, having, it seemed like you were having a moment of just, like, wow, the world. And I just started thinking, what's changed in my life? Like, yeah, I have a kid. I was thinking, like, how weird it is for parents 
to gauge the time of the pandemic via their their children's development. Because yeah. one of my best friends had a baby right before the pandemic. There was a moment like a few months ago where my friend texted me and was like, that baby walks and talks now. Like, that's yeah. how long it's been. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's an actual, like, toddler. And I was like, we were at uh, karate. My daughter does karate. And the, the karate instructor is just like, some young kid was coming in and she's like, you know, like we're, we're trying to give kids that like there's kids that were affected by it. Like there's kids now that weren't around kids for a long time. So they're yeah. coming into karate and they need extra attention because, oh, they had two years. So it's just like we're not like it, it, when we were in it. I mean, some people were, but we weren't really thinking of like what's going to be the long term effect on each age group, age group. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, kids well, that I were think... one to three during that range. Like that's. And it seems like like conversely, people who are a little bit older, like college age or high school age kids like they had a similar they might have been affected the most yeah like high school kids people who missed like graduations and proms and stuff like that because they were doing like zoom classes like those are kind of like pivotal years where you kind of find out about yourself and learn how the world works because young kids you can make the argument got more attention because they were at home with their parents so they're almost getting maybe coddled too much but they're getting you know when you go to daycare who knows how much like but they're also not socializing right right? like like you you miss on you miss out on like 18 months of socializing even the notion of socializing while wearing a mask is yeah is fairly antiseptic as well and probably not what we were expecting but also chris mentioned parenting uh you took up your first uh soccer practice recently as a as a coach, as, really? as, as might have, a manager, might have, might have bit more than I can chew. Yeah, I think maybe when you were out, mm-hmm. we talked about how I was like I did my draft. I'm coaching my daughter's soccer team, and it is uh you know it's something that I've like literally having a kid. You said to me like, what are you looking forward to about having a kid most? Like eventually coaching her in something. Yeah. Like I've always just wanted to do that. <sighs> It's harder than just, I thought. It's, it's not just making what's, her. What's hard about it's it? My, my like, dad was my soccer four coach. They're four and five-year-olds, so it's just like I was thinking, oh, we're going to do drills that are actually look like soccer drills, and it just it's turns not. into me like, hey, come here. Connor, get over here. Ro- yeah. Carter, get over here. Like, yeah, yeah, Graceland, yeah. stop. Listen. And it's just like yeah. I'm by myself out there because it's like, you know, there's not a lot of co- big coaching staff. And yeah. you know, <laughs> my dad said he might come out and help. Hasn't showed up. Like, another guy, <laughs> a friend of mine, was like, yeah, hey, I'll be out there. So it's just me out there. But mm-hmm. it, I, I'm not complaining. It is fun, but it's just... Not as smooth, yeah. obviously, which is, you know, I guess I should have saw that coming. Well, yeah, I was I was thinking my dad was my coach when I was in, like, a little bit younger than high school. And, like, we would just swear at each other from, like, the sidelines. So you have that to look I do find to. myself <laughs> being the most mean to my daughter. Because, like, not like, not, not like being mean to her, but, like, she's you the only person. You the most of her. You feel like, like you can, get a, you can she, talk to her And I feel the, yeah. the, the most free to be like, Graceland, as opposed to all the other kids. I'm like, oh, Connor, that's annoying what you're doing, but yeah. I'm going to keep this happy tone. <laughs> Whereas right. with my daughter, I can yeah. just, like, I'm so frustrated from the five incidents that it's like, Graceland. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I know. I'm just. It's been stressful out here. Yeah, can and you it's at also, least listen to me? And it's also like right, exactly. It's like at home you listen to me. How come you're not listening well, to me right now? Debatable. But I'm giving her <laughs> these big pep talks on the way there. I'm like, hey, like you know, if you're not listening to me, nobody will. Like I need you to be the best listener. And she's yeah. like, I'll do it. And then we get out there, and it's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it feels like coaching young, that young of soccer. It's just like kid it's, talk. It's just bumblebees. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. You're you're probably least favorite subject. What do we have today? We got. Uh, I'm bored with this, and I have a kid. <laughs> I, I love the idea of you being a soccer coach. Yeah, no, it is. Soccer I, yeah. dads are, are, are cute. Sad. I like soccer yeah. dads. Yeah. It's a cute, like, you have like a little minivan. It'll get easier. I don't have a minivan. Kids. I actually need an SUV. Yeah, My you car, do. I'm like, your car is just covered in empty bottles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, we've, we've improved a little bit, you know, but not, not much. Have hey, we? Why are you having a go at that? <laughs> no, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. I'm glad that's all she should say. Just don't say anything else. <laughs> I, I held a lot back. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you think you're being nice when you offer someone a ride home. Yeah, they're just and, evaluating and, yeah. you. Roy's <laughs> car is a lot cleaner. That's brand new. True. New. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fair. I need a new car. So a mystery crate yeah! this week. We have another episode of Darth Amin's Rule of Two on the new Disney Plus series Obi Wan. Let's get to it. Episode of Rule of Two. 
here on Mystery Crate. My name is Darth Amin. I'm joined as always by my apprentice, Darth Corn Puzzle, Anthony Mays. You were warned, Darth Amin, what this show would bring. Yeah, and it's brought nothing but pain. <laughs> this is our review for episode four of Obi-Wan, the miniseries that decides to take canon and take a giant shit all over it series decides to have us believe some of the dumbest shit possible and for good measure do stuff that we've already done oh my god reenactment jj abrams is proud what if i just did the same movie over but just with new people doing it or or the same people and it's a prequel so really George Lucas is the one who's doing repeats. Maze, have we become the Star Wars fans who hate Star Wars? I still love Star Wars, man. I still love it. <sighs> I'm not going to quit on it. I think to myself, I had a strong nine years of uninterrupted. I love Star Wars. I had Clone Wars. I had Rebels. I had Rogue One. I had The Last Jedi. And then pretty much starting with Solo, it's just been... <sighs> Kind of everything was other than a couple things here and there. Obviously, loved Bad Batch, loved Clone Wars season seven, one of the, my favorite seasons. Liked Mandalorian, liked Boba Fett, I would say, but it just hasn't been the same as that. Like everything's a banger, everything's a hit. I've said this before, but I will say it again. As soon as the magical season two finale of The Mandalorian happened, which was a great TV experience, a great Star Wars experience from beginning to end, as soon as the buzz wore off and I came down from that spice high, Mm -hmm. I was worried that it had just peaked. I had just witnessed it peaking and everything that's happened since then has proven that point. The first thing that was kind of the first jarring Hmm. moment for me was that season two finale like you said magical magical moment everyone loved it it was handled with great care and dexterity by favreau and filoni and in the end of the episode we get the stinger right the post-credit scene of boba fett and fennec shan arriving at jabba's palace on tatooine and they kill my guy bib fortuna right and he sits on the throne and it says book of boba fett I don't know that I necessarily was asking for this. (laughs) (laughs) These are not the shows you're looking for. All right. It's cool that like, it turns out he didn't die. He looks all gross and disfigured. Whatever didn't kill him clearly (laughs) messed him up enough. But like, I'm just like, all right. And, you know, I went into it with an open mind. And, you know, those of you guys that listened to Rule of Two back in late December and, and January, you heard our reviews, and it's not just, oh, man, Boba Fett's not a badass anymore. That wasn't really our problem. Our problem was things like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers on their mopeds and Thundercat getting his soundtrack, and, and it was just like, what does this have to do with the story? In fact, it felt like there was no story, to be honest with you. What story, you might say? What story? What are you talking about? So that brings us to Obi-Wan. And I think now, very fondly, Maze, on episodes one and two. That's crazy. I can't believe this is episode four. I can't believe there's only two left. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. It's pretty clear, like you said, that Kumail is not coming back. Yeah. I don't know if we're ever going to die you ever again. No. And we've got, in this episode, the introduction of O'Shea Jackson Jr. as Roken. Yep. You may know him as the son of Ice Cube. Yes. He played Ice Cube in the Straight Outta Compton movie. And Maya Erskine as Sully. She's the co-creator of Pen15, that quirky little Hulu comedy show. And a guy named Wade that's the biggest red shirt in the history of this season. <laughs> and that's it. Those are the new additions. <sighs> Episode starts, oh man, you hear that side. My- <laughs> yeah, take a deep breath. Obi-Wan is having flashbacks with his battle with Vader and the shit talk that Vader had against him, and he's burnt. He's very badly burnt like Mustafa. I'm still alive, <laughs> but I need to get in a back-to-tank soon. So they get them to Jabim. They put him in a back-to-tank, and let me just say, ass off from McGregor in the tank. He's acting his ass off. The twitching, like, with the different memories and stuff. And then when he finally pulls himself up out of the tank, out of breath, where's Leia? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, the guy acted his ass off. I can't deny him that. Vader and Obi-Wan, do you feel like they connected, 
you want each in their respective Bacta tanks, or was there just yeah. creative editing? There's a little bit of that. Maybe the Bacta is a conduit. It's like a hot spot for force time. Yeah, it, it feels like that, definitely. My next note is this little bingo. So I'm not quite sure. I think this is when she's in the <laughs> interrogation room. You can't keep me here. My father is Bill Organa. He's a senator. I am a princess of Alderaan. It's just the kind of stuff that I'm not here for. I don't know how to best explain this. The more she talks, the more agitated and annoyed I get because it's written very inconsistently. At times, she's a scared child. And at times, she's what I would call a stupid child, right? Because stupid children sometimes don't have fear when they should have fear. Brazen. Brazen, there you go. In the last episode, when she's just walking right up and spinning her nonsense story to Zach Braff. I'm looking for a little consistency. Meanwhile, Reva is using straight-up cop mind games. Oh, yeah. There's no partner. So she just does them one at a time. She does good cop, bad cop by herself. In sequence. Once again, they are feeding off of what we know, which is Leia's tough. She's not going to break. You can interrogate her all day. She's always been like that. She's always been unbreakable. (laughs) She's always just been a vault of information. She's always been able to repel a mind probe their precedent the canon they're leaning on is that ray did the same thing right ray didn't know that she was force sensitive or anything like that and kylo ren tried to mind probe her and was not capable of it without her knowing anything or that him sensing that it was the force that was blocking him just as someone who was very strong-minded or strong-willed because as we know like there are creatures that are kind of impervious to Jedi mind trick and the mind probe, which are very similar force tactics. One is more dark side than the other, obviously. For instance, Watto, who was the guy who owned Anakin and his mother, Shmi Skywalker. Qui-Gon tried to use the Jedi mind trick on him, and he's like, not an idiot. Same thing with Jabba, right? Mm -hmm. It is plausible that she would not pick up that the force is strong in this one. But then it made me think, well, how do they know when the force is strong? And so how are they finding these force sensitives? I don't know. I don't know. I think you're asking too many questions already. Too many questions. Our favorite Star Wars game. Anyway, so she's doing the cop mind games. Look, Obi-Wan's dead. You need to help. We're all good guys here. We're just trying to do what's right. Da, da, da. Leia's not having it. Meanwhile, we get introduced to Roken, O'Shea Jackson Jr., decidedly ass on ass on and just pure exposition (laughs) i lost my wife she was force sensitive i know what the inquisitors can do firsthand but i'm still gonna help you because i've just talked myself into it with my own sad memory of my dead wife he literally didn't get convinced no he was like hey man you don't know what this is about you don't i know exactly what this is about my wife you know what come think of it never mind i will help you like what it couldn't even give us like an Obi-Wan, she's 10 years old. One more, like she's 10 years old. An oldie watch is just like, this is important. I got my ass kicked, but we got to do this no matter what. This is just the only plan that we have. We got to go get her. So let's get a scouting report on the moon of Nair. Vader conveniently is off planet or off moon in this case. Scouting report or an exposition report? Absolutely. <laughs> Pull up the exposition hologram. Charts and holo- holographs and everything. It's a full PowerPoint presentation. And then they're talking about how impenetrable it is, but they don't even have shields, I mean, because who would be crazy enough to just walk right in? Spoiler alert, they don't have radar either. They got nothing. No detection systems. Who would be s- stupid enough to attack or to infiltrate? I don't know. Some guy named Cal Kestis? did a couple years ago. And clearly shared his game plan. More on that in a minute. Game of Thrones offers to go undercover. <laughs> Dude, just calling her Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's her name. So Game of Thrones puts on her, her outfit. They get on the shuttle. While they're on the shuttle, we find out that Obi-Wan is weak with the Force. Because he can barely move a pencil. <laughs> yeah. That's the saddest stuff. He's really oldie washed, man. Super washed. Meanwhile, Reva's going to town with more cop tactics, saying, quote, the people I'm looking for left Obi-Wan there to die, trying to get her to basically break her trust in the smugglers and the people, the keepers of the path. When she mentions the path, of course, because Leia's a child, 
poker face equals zero. Just looks up. Kind of like Conan O'Brien when he does the dumb face. Yes. She takes too long to get to good cop. I feel like if you just sit down with Leia, maybe give her one of those blue macarons that Baby Yoda loves so much Mm -hmm. and just hang out, she'll talk. She's very talkative. We've seen that. She doesn't hold her opinion back. If you just make her think it's chill, I feel like she offers that information up immediately. But no, you try to tough talk her, and this kid is unnaturally tight-lipped. Then we cut to terrible, and I mean terrible CGI of this shuttle landing at the fortress. (laughs) Good God almighty. (laughs) Flying up to the fortress, it looks cool, looks nice, and we get that shot coming up over the water. But as it's landing, it looked like green screen. Game of Thrones walks off, tries to enter the thing, gets stopped by security. She big times him. Rank flex, yeah. Mm. She rank checks him and says, okay, you want to tell the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, why you stopped me from coming in? Neither of them acknowledge how the Grand Inquisitor is dead. Or maybe he's not. Or maybe he's not. The funny thing about this maze is I always found like the Empire rules by fear very well. But the problem is it backfires is that anyone can threaten anyone else. Oh, yeah. With the threat of someone else. Oh, I'm going to tell Vader. Like, oh, never mind. And then you get to do what you want. So it seems like a very faulty system for keeping order. It's not exactly the best hiring tactics. It's kind of like in that Super Pump show with Uber, how the CEO of Uber just makes it a priority to hire the biggest asshole. Yeah. (laughs) When you just have an office full of assholes, it's going to breed contempt. It's not going to work out. You have to have some nice people in your organization. Just to make it work? She gets in, she unlocks an airlock from underneath the water, and Obi-Wan swims in through and up through the pool. And I said, huh, so we're just doing Fallen Order now. Yep, and he's using the breathing apparatus from Phantom Menace. Yeah, when they had to go see the Gungans. Still got that in the utility belt. You did the same exact thing that we did in the game. It wasn't like, oh, there goes the pool where Cal Kestis like, swims. It's like, no, no, we're going to do the same exact thing. Hey, Fortress Inquisitorius, maybe we want to seal up that thing. Nah, no one would be dumb enough to do it again. Back to the interrogation as she's mind probing her, and I won't lie, I laughed when the little girl said, is this a staring contest? Yep. It's a funny line. It's a good line. Reva figures out that she can't use the force to mind probe her, starts doing a little exposition. Mm, Yes. I had a droid when I was younger too. It was taken from me. Just like everything else. What did the Jedi do to her, Maze? Oh, what else was taken from her, Amin? Maze, can you thermal detonate this supercharge right here? <laughs> you think the Jedi murdered her? No, no, I don't. There you go. Okay. All right, there it is. I guess not. I mean, it's see, I mean, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you really, you want to take another pass? You want to go around and come back? I and- just feel like there's a lot of parallels there, but. Maybe not. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I've got the overactive imagination. Mm. Back to Obi-Wan sneaking around and Game of Thrones gets ran up on by another officer who demands to see some identification. She says, sure, and let's walk back here, kind of like Demi Moore in Disclosure. Yep. And I said, where are they going? I don't know. But she leaves the comlink on the table and Obi-Wan is frantically calling her. And Maze, what did that remind you of? Oh, man. Has anyone ever had a comm link and left it behind before? While the other person just kept yelling. Oh. 3PO, where could he be? (laughs) 3PO, come in 3PO. Yes. And now we're just literally using all the same tricks for the same exact purpose, just with a different base with terrible security. Obi-Wan sneaking around, using the force to distract stormtroopers. No wonder he was so comfortable on the Death Star. Easy, baby. I've done this one before. Mm -hmm. And unlike Leia, I won't forget in seven years. It'll all be fresh, like riding a bike. Also, just a suggestion to people in the Star Wars universe, maybe invest in some earpieces. Uh, And not have everything on speakerphone. They have the technology. It's really just implementing it. We have apparatus that allows us to swim underwater. Can't get an AirPod in there? The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. It's here. The top 64 teams, but technically 68, but those first four teams play each other 
a couple days before, and then it goes back to 64 teams and battle it out to see who will win the big tournament, the champion of college basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DAN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DAN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Woodhill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. She takes out the officer that was questioning her and just leaves the body lying there in the open and goes back to what she was doing. Finally, Reva goes to be a good cop. She knows what it's like to be alone. I mean, is this little girl crying or not? I don't know, man. I said venture after the first two episodes. So she's here to stay. I would say she's gotten more screen time than anyone that's not Obi-Wan. Yes. She's the co-lead of this show. Yes, she is. She's absolutely meant to be the co-lead of this show. And I can't wait for when she gets her own spinoff of Lil' Leia. Lil' Leia, running through the woods. Running through the woods slowly. Playing with a droid named Lola. Lola and Leia. Lola and Leia, there you go. That's the name of the show. There it is. Reva tries to do the good cop thing. Come on, we're all on the same team. And Leia says, well, I'll tell you if I get to tell my dad first, because we're all on the same team, right? And Reva looks at her and says, nice try, princess. And I said, same note too, bro. Reva just gives (laughs) up. She's like, all right, well. I'm done with this. Let's torture this baby. She knew she was full of shit, and this is a waste of time. And I said, say no too, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was here for the torture. Let's torture her. Yes, I was actually pretty excited for that. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan is skulking around, finds his way into a chamber that turns out to be a tomb of embalmed Jedi bodies, I guess? Yeah, I kind of thought that they were frozen in amber like Jurassic Park, but it also kind of looks like a trophy collection. So I have to ask you, I mean, what could they possibly be doing with this? First of all, I'll tell you what they look like, man. You may not have watched this show, man. This is literally before you were born. There was a show in the 80s. It was a really big deal. It was called V, the Final Battle. And it was about an alien... The alien invasion? Invasion. But at first they came and they pretended like they were friends. Like they were friendly aliens. And hey, we can help you with technology. And like there's a lot of propaganda, like billboards of like the aliens. Hey, learn help us. And they're all beautiful, good looking people and all that. Yeah, they remade that show in 2011 by the way they had omar white from oz in it that's why i love that show gotcha yeah someone from oz is in everything so it turns out the aliens are actually lizards who are using like human skins to look more appealing to humans and they were here to steal all the water supply shout out to my man tony baker for all his water supply jokes not only that but the eight humans so at one point one of the heroes of the show stumbles into a room like this and it's literally just nothing but like bodies in little cryostasis pods or whatever which they would use to eat so we're looking around we're seeing who are some of these jedi here and maze is only one that's confirmed that is someone that's tara sanubi who was in the Clone Wars, was a mentor of Ahsoka. And there's a storyline within the Clone Wars where Ahsoka lost her lightsaber in while in Coruscant's underworld. And Sanubi was the one who helped Ahsoka recover her weapon and gave her lessons and shit like that. Fantastic. The other person, though, Maze, I stopped. I was like, okay, someone had to pick up on this. It looked like Seer Junda from... Jedi Fallen Order, the woman who looks like Deborah Wilson. It was one of the ones where they lingered on it a little bit, and it wasn't like one of three in one shot. It was like a one shot of just her. And I was like, oh, snap, that's her, right? That's Seer. But I looked around, and I haven't seen anyone else make that observation, so maybe I'm just wrong. I felt like, man, there's a reason why they're lingering, including one little Padawan. Anyways, we go back. Now we're in the actual interrogation chamber, not the interrogation room like a police station. Yeah. But the actual chamber from, again, Fallen Order. The acoustics on the screams are just so much better. So you really get the nice echo and reverberation on the screams in this room. This is the room where in Fallen Order, you fight a final boss. It's incredibly difficult. Like, it took me 8 million tries to get through it. So more references here. The torture device thing looks a lot like the one 
that they used on Han Solo in Empire Strikes Back when he was on Bespin. It's got like little needles and stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's get this party started. <laughs> Oldie Wash senses that she's in trouble. He requests Tala to provide a distraction who does it just in time. The most bullshit distraction ever. Hey, I need a distraction. I thought she was going to like rip the lights out or something like that. Yeah. Her distraction was to go tell somebody. Yeah. To tell her that I've got some urgent information. That somebody has to walk there physically. And it happened instantly, I mean. And they walk across you know, this whole fortress and they they open the door, they walk in and say, wait, wait, uh, can I talk to you for a second? Do I need to stop doing this while you talk to me? Not really, but I'm going to ask that you do, right? <laughs> and then they told me it was urgent and I was just like, come on, guys. I mean, if you want it to be a distraction that saves the day, burn a calorie. Blow some shit up. So she goes, he gives her this bullshit story, which is very much like Leia in A New Hope. They're on Dantooine, even though no one's on Dantooine. But the planet that Game of Thrones says is Florum. Maze, do you know where Florum is? Do not. Florum is the planet in the Outer Rim that was the location of Hondo Onaka's gang. Mm. That's right. Hondo Onaka and his gang were based out of Florum. The Confederacy Independent System, the Separatists, took it over. General Grievous was overturned by Hondo and support from some Jedi. I believe it was Obi-Wan. And there's a great quote between Hondo and Count Dooku. Dooku needs passage off of planet and he says you know hey can you help me and hondo says if you need transport the nearest planet is florum it's six parsecs away dooku says is it civilized and hondo says that depends on your definition of civilized which is a very hondo onaka saying if you don't know who hondo onaka is he is perhaps the greatest pirate in star wars so that was a nice little easter egg i was like oh that's, that's cute that you guys did that Next, we have this really cool scene where the lights go out in the interrogation room and your man, Ben Kenobi, goes through with the lightsaber and takes out the two stormtroopers, the only two stormtroopers they saw fit to guard this little girl. He does it in the dark. He turns on his lightsaber. Cool. I always love a lightsaber glowing in the dark, but he does this thing where he kills the one guy and then he turns the lightsaber out. The other stormtrooper is completely baffled by this move and then suddenly he's on the other side. Dancing in the dark, as they say. So maybe he's getting a little better. He's getting better. And I won't lie. I like how his progression of being better and better with the Force is very gradual. Yeah. This is like a car that can't start until you push it running on foot and get it going about 10 miles an hour. Then the engine will sputter to life. That's how Obi-Wan is rounding into shape. He's a jalopy Jedi. Meanwhile, Reva is out here asking a lot of questions, very skeptical of Game of Thrones story. And yet, of only May, she had some sort of superpower that would allow her to tell if someone was lying or not. Seriously, man, that would be helpful. Because Tala won't have her integrity questioned. Then admit you're a spy! I, I am, am a spy! spy. And I was like, Aha! you know what? The rare triple agent move, I mean. I respect it. I respect it. It was like, okay. I do like a good liar. I don't know if you're lying to me or for me, but we'll see. And then another distraction. I mean, they get spotted. The seeker droid starts beeping. Alert. Alert. Jedi. Jedi on the premises. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way they could have added more exposition if the seeker droid started talking. Obi-Wan Kenobi detected. All units report to level C. So anyway, alarm starts blaring. Rather than just kill her on the spot or... Yeah, just walk away. Your boy Obi-Wan, again, no earpiece, starts yelling in the comm link. Hey, Hello? hey. What's the plan? Game of Thrones has her thing on speakerphone. The stormtroopers are like, what the hell is that? And so she disarms them and incapacitates them. By slapping one in the face with her bare hand. She's strong. And it wasn't even like a cool martial arts scrunch up their fingers very tightly to the top and use like the heel of their hand to punch up. Nope, it's just kind of like a slap on the top of the head like you numb nut, right? And then hits the other guy, takes his gun, shoots them both. We've got to be better. Have her just arm him like on some great sleight of hand stuff like you can't be like just slap him on the top of his helmet these helmets by the way this armor 
I get it. The Empire was trying to save money, but... Everything about them. Stormtroopers have just become a parody of a parody in terms of how tissue paper thin their resistance is. I don't even view them as a threat ever. And even if there's a leveled up Stormtrooper like we're about to get... What? You mean like straight out of the pixels of Did I Fall in Order? Purge Troopers! The Purge! The highest level of troop. They're even higher than Death Troopers, I think. Death Troopers are the SWAT team of the Stormtroopers. You saw them in Rogue One. They're dressed in all black. They accompany higher-ups like Krennic. The Purge Troopers work more closely with Inquisitors. They are designed to hunt and attack Jedi as well. They're not Force-sensitive, so that's why they're not Inquisitors, but they have a lot of anti-Jedi weaponry and tools and on Fallen Order, they are notoriously tough to beat. John Bernthal leads the anti-Jedi Perch Trooper unit. Yeah, <laughs> the lightsaber t- chase task force. Just seasoned lightsabers and kyber crystals. But yes, even when one of those guys shows up, it's like, okay, I know you're going down. At least make it interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is from Fallen Order as well, right? Being in a hallway, facing almost impending doom. And then, because the hallway's underwater, the glass cracks, and the thing floods. I'm fairly sure that I saw that happen in Fallen Order. But yeah, basically, Obi-Wan is dodging and, and deflecting blaster bolts, and he's getting better at it, whatever. One of them hits a the glass, glass cracks. He holds it. Just as the stormtroopers and the purge trooper are about to run into this hallway, he allows it to get released. The water comes in, floods everybody. He then sprints to the other end, and they seal the doors. And Obi-Wan is saved. Why didn't the water flow back through the doorway that those guys just came through? I don't know. I think it might have. They seem to be talking about this place being pretty damaged. So I think this flood did mess it up in a pretty serious way, but they immediately evacuate that area. So we don't really get to see any of that. Yeah, and, and we see the... everyone's drowned or whatever all right he does his little lightsaber spin yes after he takes two guys out that's from the prequel trilogy the prequels yeah so you can see that that right there is like all right i'm feeling it a little bit i'm heating up this engine is running We get to perhaps the most ridiculous escape plan ever formatted. Wear this coat. That's the plan. And make this child walk under the trench coat like Vincent Adultman in BoJack. It's the silliest, silliest thing I've ever seen. And what's even sillier is they walk right past Fifth Brother, who's too busy bitching about Third Sister. Yes, our guy Fifth Brother is really just pretty impotent and just yelling at other people all the time but they just walk right through everybody i guess there's a distraction but they're surrounded by imperial troops not a single person is like why does this stranger in a big coat wearing one of those hooped skirts <laughs> to provide like extra girth from the hips what's going on even after reva drills a traitor and you got everyone there and she's got this whole battalion everyone's ready they're still like Stormtroopers and other personnel walking around in the background like, like, I'm going on around here. No one gives a shit. The CGI on these speeders arriving to save the day with some blaster bolts and killing off some stormtroopers is horrendous. Made me feel like Land of the Lost, like the original Land of the Lost. It was that crappy. I've never seen Star Wars look that shoddy. Not even the prequels. Not even the original trilogy. And I guess this is a Another callback to Han showing up, taking out TIE fighters with cover fire in New Hope when you think he's gone. I guess that's what this was, but it was just another impossible escape plan. They are the T-47 airspeeders, which you might recognize from taking down the AT-ATs with the cables on Hoth. First of all, CGI is terrible. Second of all, no radar? None whatsoever. We didn't pick up any aircraft coming in. No. Because why would anyone, you know, just say, I'm going to assume everything went to plan. What? You know, it's the Dr. Evil, right? Yep. As this is happening, Fifth Brother walks up and says, destroy them. And I said, thanks, Fifth Brother. Didn't know we were supposed to do that. Great job, buddy. They pile into the one speeder. Wade is covering them. And then Reva tosses a bomb at Wade and he's dead. Bye, Wade. Thanks for your service. And as they escape on the other speeder, she stares at them and looks on very reminiscent of the end of rogue one where vader is standing there and he's watching the tanti 4 leave off with the plans to the death star 
So another callback there in case we didn't get enough callbacks to other movies. These aren't Easter eggs, folks. Let me just point out. This is why I'm irritated. These aren't Easter eggs. Florum is an Easter egg, right? Tara Sanubi is an Easter egg. Recreating or reenacting shit from other movies is not that. Or video games. Next thing we know, Vader shows up. Vader's pissed. He force chokes Reva. You were warned what defeat would bring. I will tolerate your weakness no longer. And Reva does a great pivot. I got to admit, I mean, yeah. fantastic pivot when your boss shows up. This was my plan. We're tracking them. We're going to get the path and we're going to get Kenobi. Two for one special. It is a great pivot, but I was surprised that Vader calmed down that quickly. Oh, it seems I underestimated you. I don't know about that. You know? <laughs> it's a guy with anger issues, man. He comes in extremely hot, yes, and she sputters out this explanation. He's like, oh, okay, I trust you. Just don't see someone like that coming down that quickly. I feel like he'd still be upset, but, you know, that's just me. All right, as we go back to the shuttle, O'Shea Jackson Jr., it's like, yeah, hey, where's Wade? He gone. The other pilot, ass off. Maya, she's great. She hits the sad note of I can't make eye contact for longer than a half second very well. That acting talent is why she's the pilot who survived. As that's happening, Game of Thrones says, get your soldiers now. And I was like, wow, real sensitive. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Even if you don't seek out the war, the war will find you. That didn't need to happen at that moment there. I would have kicked their ass. So is the implication here that this is how the Rebel Alliance starts? No, but this is definitely kind of like the infancy. Uh, the Rebel Alliance starts to be true. It starts with Saw Gerrera. Okay. Because Saw Gerrera went from fighting separatists to saying, like, right, I'm just going to fight the, the Empire because they didn't, didn't want any of this. Remember, Saw Gerrera and his plan Onderon, they were an independent system they were not part of the uh, separatists and they were not part of the republic that's why when the jedi came the Onderon, they came to train them much well, like you know the united states in afghanistan they came to train the freedom fighters but they could not fight alongside them because that would have opened up a new front of war so saw was always down for the cause now what ends up happening is and we'll see this in the andor series soon is that mon mothma and bail organa and all the other senators who are kind of like not cool with what's happening in the Empire, they decide to start doing stuff. And then we see it obviously in Rebels, how it starts to become more and more cohesive before we get to Rogue One and we got a full-blown Rebel Alliance. This is just to signify, I guess, all the different people who exist in the galaxy who are just not happy with the status quo, but really don't have much of a thing. So if you think about it, these people are not rebelling against the Empire. They're not trying to overthrow the Empire. They're just protecting Force sensitives. Right. That's what I mean, though, is that this is the before, right? Like, this could be one of the inciting incidents. I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see if there's anybody else in the crew. Because I thought for sure we get to Jabim, and literally it's just O'Shea Jackson and Maya Erskine. Ice Cube Jr., yep. That's the entirety of it. He says that they can't risk who they're protecting. Where are all the people that they're protecting? Where's Quinlan Voss? Where's Quinlan Voss? Where's our guy that we thought would show up? So maybe they're saving that and they're going to go back to the base and we're going to meet more characters, maybe. But that's one last flickering flame of hope that I have is that they'll do something cool with the introductions in the next episode or two. And again, I said this, and there are people on Twitter who try to disagree with me thinking that, like I'm saying, it's not canon. Right? I'm just saying that we know there's not a zillion force sensitives running around even by the time Rebels is on, right? Forget about by the time A New Hope rolls around. By the time of Rebels, when we have this thing and we have Ahsoka as Fulcrum and we have Ezra and Kanan Jarrus, you know, kind of connecting and all that, we don't see a whole bunch of Force sensitives. We see some children who are hunted by the, by the Inquisitors that they save, but we don't see this planet of north of the Mason-Dixon line <laughs> where, where there, these people are being harbored, right? And so at some point, I think Jabim gets compromised and everybody got to go. We'll see. And the final thing in the episode is that the tracker is now Lola the droid. Yes. And her eye is glowing red. <sighs> Maze, we got two episodes left. This season is just 
soared by at amazing speed. It's staggering, like, the deterioration. We get the first two episodes, and I'm like, okay. I'm liking this. I'm liking Broken Obi-Wan. The kid needs to be benched, but, like, I like this kid as a MacGuffin to, like, hey, we got to rescue the kid or whatever. I'm digging, like, this idea that there are people who are pretending to be Jedi. The Jedi hunters are looking for real Jedi. They're real Jedi who are getting caught and slaughtered and stuff like that. I like this universe that they were painting, that they were creating for a very specific time. And it seems like in episodes three and episodes four, a whole lot of let's shred canon, let's do fan service, let's have this little child be some sort of central figure, and let's waste time more than anything because we got two episodes left and we've got a lot to resolve, right? We got to see the Inquisitor come back because he's not dead, right? We've got to see how Vader fights Obi-Wan again, and this time he becomes a learner. I hate them for doing that shit. This is my favorite thing that I saw this week. I mean, was John Hendricks at Hendricks Art reaching out to you and asking you if Obi-Wan has defeated Vader and regrown into the Jedi he once was. And he says, Vader, you still have much to learn and cuts his hand off. He asks if you could live with that. You said, not really. Let's be real, man. This isn't something that I think you can fix with that because, again, if the line was when we last met, you had the upper hand or something like that. But it wasn't any of those things. It was just straight up, I was a learner. And at this point, 10 years after the events of Mustafar, he's not a learner. And if he met him a second time and then that second time he got his ass beat again or at least he didn't quite figure what out what are you supposed to do, Oh, that's cool. But we didn't get any of that. What we got was him handing Obi-Wan his ass. Unforgivable. 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 Chicken sandwich and some waffle fries for free. Well, I mean, two episodes left. You seem pretty despondent, I must say. But hopefully you can channel all of this frustration into anger, maybe some hate. And maybe your dark side abilities will grow stronger and... Next time somebody delivers us some subpar Star Wars content, you can force choke them until they tell you that this was the plan all along. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to do it for us here on Rule of Two. Sorry, I don't want to be, again, the Star Wars guys that hate Star Wars because there are a lot of those people out there. But I don't like how this is being done. I know a lot of you want to be excited about this, and I'm not here to steal your joy, but they're stealing my joy. I don't know what else to say other than... Is this a steering contest? Episode of Mystery Crate. I, you know, it's been like a month since I've done this. Wow. Can you get up there? Do you, so I have a question for you. Mm. Going back to our COVID conversation, mm. do you feel like you get out of breath when you have to read or talk for a long amount of time? Because that's a COVID symptom that I've heard people say, and I feel like yes, for our line of COVID. work. Just yes. <laughs> uh, it would the, be a tough one. It's, to it's have. more the coughing. I actually I have my first play by play assignment this weekend, and I'm kind of. Nervous. Uh, yeah, I'm nervous about how my voice is going to hold, like how much I'm going to be using the cough button if I really go for it. I've had I've had a few phlegmy moments this week. I got mm. called out for having some phlegmy moments this week uh, that uh, that didn't get fined. Uh, and I just like, I had COVID. But uh, yeah, no, I, I am concerned. I haven't, had a, I haven't had a breath issue. It's the coughing. It's oh. the coughing and the phlegm. I've got you in the shower like practicing. Like I got to <laughs> see if I can get there. Yeah. And you're like... Good it's, ball by the. So you're like, you're doing it. Cross into the box. <laughs> yeah. you're like going the Top net. It's a through ball. It's a lovely opportunity here. All right. Yeah. No what yeah. if your only COVID, like long haul COVID symptom was that you speak in a British accent from now on? Like you recovered, yeah. but you can't stop speaking in a British accent. I mean, that 
there are certainly worse things that could happen to Yeah, me. a lot worse. We'll go with that one. Now, one of the things that we should plug here in the end of the podcast plugs is today on the Levitard Show, speaking of English accents, <laughs> we spoke to Baby Lando Baby Norris. Lando. Baby Lando appeared on the Levitard Show ahead of the debut of the new DNF podcast, which starts this weekend. Vroom. Spencer Hall, Jessica Smetana, breaking down push, push. all of the... Box, box, box. <laughs> yeah, naming podcasts fucking sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You bleep that out. Or don't. No, you don't have don't. to. It's Mr. Curry. You don't have to bleep it out. Coming up with new names for things. Everything has already been named. We yeah. talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just not fun. But box, box, box wasn't available? Actually, or, or, that, was, or, that was Spencer's or, or, idea. Push, push. Push, push. <laughs> that was, box, box, box was our, our second choice. It just is like, eh. Yeah. Do you want to go there? The do, do you want to go there yeah. as well? It's, yeah, yeah. Our fans have weird senses of humor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sunday on YouTube Live after the race in Baku, Spencer and I will be breaking down the race on YouTube Live, we're going to be doing it for the rest of the races this season. Hopefully, we'll have more Formula One drivers on that show and this show. Well, not Mystery Crate, but maybe Mystery Crate. Why not? I would love them to come on Mystery Crate. I would hoard all the F1 drivers for Mystery Crate. What YouTube could. channel are you going to be live on? The Levitard and oh. Friends YouTube channel. Good one, Chris. Good plug. Also going to plug Off the Looking Glass. This week, we had Monet Davis, and we gave a recap of the film Blue Crush. Fantastic. Check that out on Levitard and Friends Network. Cinephile. I listened to this week's episode of Cinephile. Tell me who we have. You, you, you covered a couple of TV shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you talked about Obi-Wan, as yeah. did uh, uh, Darth Amin and Anthony Mays. And then there was another TV show. There was a lot of uh, sex talk on this week's episode huh, of Cinephile. That's what I love about Adnan. Yeah. If you think of him as just the nicest guy, like, there's no way he works blue. <laughs> yeah. if, if there's a sex scene in a movie, he's probably talking about it. Yep. And also had uh, some Bob Costas anecdotes from yes. calling a, a Yankees Angels game this week. So check out Cinephile yes. on Levitard and Friends Network. I was on Metal Larkers this week talking about USMNT, USWNT equal pay with Kate Fagan and Amino Hassan. Check that out on the Levitard show feed. Uh, what else? South did, Beach Sessions. Did anyone give the take, I'm all for equal pay, but because that was David Sampson's take three weeks ago on the podcast don't, with Skipper. Don't ever do upward intonation, downward but, intonation yes. with the butt on that particular subject. Now, I thought I thought we covered it really well, so check that out. Uh, South Beach Sessions is off this week, but I believe next Monday's episode will feature an interview with Myron Roll, so that'll be interesting. Cool. Mystery Crate, we got that cover here. Stupidity, Billy's not here, but uh, check out Stupidity with Stu Gods and Billy. And uh, Point Forward with Andre Iguodala. It's too many podcasts. Too, right, too many, shut, shut too many men. Shutdown back. Yeah. Dad Disasters. There's a lot going on. Too many men covering network. the NHL playoffs. Got oh my so much content available for you, the listener. But we thank you for listening to Mystery Crate. No, Roy's not here, so we can't do okay. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.